Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week, I'm doing something a bit different, and I'm digging into the archives and pulling out a classic episode. I've been doing this podcast since 2016, and there are some great episodes just sitting back in the archives collecting dust. So from time to time, I'm going to pull out some of my favorites and relaunch them. So this week, I've gone all the way back to 2017, uh, episode 59, uh, where I catch up with an old friend of mine, Felipe Pantone. Felipe is an artist from Spain who's currently based in America. We first connected through graffiti, like way back in the day, and uh, I've watched him pursue his art career since then. And, you know, he first started out, you know, transitioning from graffiti into painting, but to see what he's doing now, um, just he's got like a whole team of people working with him and he's doing a lot of industrial design within his artwork and he's working with color and technology. It's just truly inspiring. Uh, when we caught up for this interview, he was, you know, he was already on that path and it's, um, really great to see where he's taken it. You can check out Felipe's Instagram, uh, Felipe Pantone and, um, yeah, enjoy the interview. How's it going? How are you going, Tom? Yeah, good, man. Good. good? Yeah, it's been a while. It's good to see you. It's been a while actually. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I saw you was in Barcelona, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we went out painting. It was good. It was much uh, mm-hmm. much warmer there. It's like, um, you know, you're in Valencia now in Melbourne, and man, like you look mm-hmm. all summery, and I'm, I'm bloody freezing, all rugged up here. <laughs> Still hot here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're um you're a Spanish Argentinian. Like, have you mm-hmm. uh have you lived much of your life in uh, Argentina, or are you um, consider yourself Spanish? So I have both nationalities. So I. I, I'm both actually, um, but I don't know, man. I don't feel like very identified with either place, you know. I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm from everywhere, I guess, you know. I, like, I don't spend much time nor here or there, so I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, ha- I don't have a strong connection with anywhere really, but with everywhere. So, yeah. you're a citizen yeah. of the world. I don't know. But I mean, I mean, it's, it's like really silly to say that, but actually I feel like I don't feel very connected to anywhere specifically, you know, so yeah. I guess. Yeah. Do you have, have cities that have like a, um, a close place in your heart where, where you, when you're there, you feel more at home? Where in Argentina or in Spain? Or just anywhere in the world. Like, do you get to certain cities oh. and you're like, man, I feel really re- like comfortable. Yeah, I mean, the home. cities I yeah. go to often, like, I don't know, like America, you know, I go there very often. I feel at home and same in Spain or anywhere in Europe, like France. I'm, you know, feel very at home. I don't know. Yeah. Argentina, I don't go there that often, actually, unfortunately, but I love it there too. So, yeah. I don't know. Which, which part are you <laughs> from over there? I'm from Buenos Aires, yep. in, in Argentina, but um, so and I have family there and everything. But I've been going for the past three years. I went there maybe three times in total, and so I don't know. I think I travel. Um, I go more often to some other places, but obviously I feel at home there too. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I feel at home everywhere, really. I don't. I don't know. 
Michael, I'm uh, so I'm basically a nomad, so I'm always traveling. So I feel at home as long as my suitcase is within 10 kilometers reach, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I always feel at home. I don't, cool. I don't feel very worried about being, you know, anywhere. Mm. Were you like, um, like creative as a kid when you were growing up? Um, so I don't know if creative, actually, I wouldn't say so. I was always um, copying, like, say, for example, I liked Mortal Kombat a lot. And I always, I had some magazines and I used to copy, you know, draw the same things. I mean, the same characters and stuff. And I used to, do, to be pretty good at it, I think, uh, or everyone told me so. So, but I don't think that that is being creative, you know, I was just copying some characters. So that's, uh, and then I, I used to play a lot of football. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's about my childhood. <laughs> but, <laughs> and, so, uh, sorry, go. No, and then... I guess graffiti is what really unleashed or creativity for me, for sure. Yeah. I used to draw, but, you know, like just copy things, not really being very creative. Jesus Christ. Sorry. That's all right. You're in demand. Now, do you know now, now how the, the phone is connected to the computer? Yeah, it drives So we're now Skype on the computer, so you can't help it. There's yeah. nothing you can do. <laughs> yeah. So- so when you were um, getting into graffiti and stuff, did you see it more as a like like a sport than a um, than like a creative outlet? Mm, like a sport, mm, I, I don't know. For me, graffiti has always been like a game, really. Yeah. Since I was a kid, it's always been like a game. You know, the, the other kids in the neighborhood would do it, and then I wanted to do it too, and I wanted to do it better and more times and faster and bigger and stronger. And so it's always been like a game more than, I, I don't know, really for, I guess for like a couple of years, I didn't feel it as something creative, really. I was just like, whatever, you know, like just my name and blah, 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 and not really exploring styles or anything. Maybe after a couple of years, I, I, I guess I started like drawing more and trying to be better at that because... You know, I think it's like another element to, to be better at graffiti, you know, like you want to be everywhere, like paint more, paint bigger, paint more neighborhoods. And then you feel like, you know, style is another element to like win, you know. So and I guess that that's what unleashed, or you know, creativity. Yeah. Yeah. And do you me. have do you have people like um sort of telling like helping you develop your style or were you uh, just looking to get get better you thought you were up now now it's time to start working on my style or like we were in a crew where like where people were were sort of yeah, like yeah, battling yeah. each other style wise yeah yeah definitely but um yeah for sure i had a little crew but i don't know like so where i started painting it painted um painting is was um in torre vieja which is a really i mean it's not that small but it's a town near the coast in spain and there's a lot, it's like a cheap place actually. So there's a lot of like um, people from Madrid, like, you know, like not, it's not a fancy tourist destination. So it's like a lot of people from Madrid, a lot of people from the UK, but like, um, so, and as, I, as I'm saying, it's not very fancy. So it's a lot of graffiti writers that will come there. And there's a lot, still nowadays, there's a lot of graffiti. And um, 
um, I don't know. We had like a lot, like back then, you know, you didn't, you, you didn't have access to to magazines, or I mean, there were a couple of magazines, but it's not like nowadays. That's a lot of, you know, graf- access to graffiti online and stuff. So there in Torrevieja, there was a lot of graffiti everywhere, to like from tourists. Like every summer, I was like, whoa, what is this? You know, like a lot of new pieces all the time. So that that was a you know that was really what got me there. You know, I guess. Yeah. And new styles every summer. Like, it was super cool. Yeah. Actually, still, people go there all the time and paint. Cool. Um, did you have like uh, like goals with your graffiti when you were coming up? Like, you know, as you were getting better and your style was getting better. Like, did you have like writers you wanted to paint with and crews you wanted to be in, or you know, wanted to get more fame around you know yeah. different cities of Spain and them worldwide and all yeah. that type of stuff? Yeah, I mean. I mean, but that's like not until quite a few years. I don't know, like, well, I mean, you've been painting for a long time, so you also know how it used to be a way smaller world. Like, I don't know, like, I knew who Cantu was and, you know, stuff like that. But I, I used to look up to, like, Dems, for example, which is a, a rider that lived like 200 kilometers away from me. I mean, sorry, like 100 kilometers. So it's like, you know, like that's how far you would go, like your dreams would go, like a hundred kilometers away. Yeah. So it's, um, so that's, you know, and then, yeah, when the time passed and you got more access to more information, you know, dreams were, would get bigger. But when I was a kid, I was like, I just want to paint with James and Rush and, you know, the, the, the good guys from like around the corner, really, you know? Yeah. 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 I found it, um, like really interesting going to Spain when uh, you know when you look online and you see that people are doing really good stuff online but then you get to their cities and you don't see anything from them and it's like oh mm-hmm. well you know like these, these people they just they might be painting like really like out of the way places and that's all they're really painting but I noticed like mm-hmm. like in Spain I saw a lot of Dems pieces around and um you know in Barcelona like Sawe he's up everywhere and you know mm-hmm. I, I, I found that um no, out of a lot of the places I went, like um, Spain, like the the, uh, the people who were big on the internet in Spain were also like big up in the streets and on the train lines and and everywhere else. It was a uh, mm. no good culture. It was just uh, yeah, yeah. It was just something. I'd... Yeah, I, I guess Spain. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. There's a little, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question actually. Like I don't know. I'm thinking about like the UK, for example. It's so hard to get up. Like. Yeah. I mean, they buff a lot. I mean, there's a few guys, that, you know, but it's hard. Like, I don't know, people, you end up painting under a bridge, you know, real far. If you want to do, like, a nice production or something, or you paint in the in the four Hall of Fames that are, you know, available in London right now, and people paint over and over and over. Whether here in Spain, I think, like, there's a lot more respect, like, if you, or at least, like, more walls or something and i don't know like people just say i mean you paint something nice you don't get buffed next day like in london for example you yeah know? so and yeah especially i mean the two guys you mentioned you know they they paint a lot too so yeah i don't know yeah getting back to um london like i um i mean when i first arrived there like in in melbourne the the tradition is, you know, you go, you you find a spot on the train line, you take the roller and everything, you roll it, the background, and then you 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 know you stick around for hours and do a burner, you know, 
and when I first got got to London, I was catching the train up and down the train lines, and it's like, man, look at all these spots, and there's just chrome pieces everywhere. That's it. I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna do what we do in Melbourne, roll the background and paint burners and all that on the train lines. <laughs> I tried to do it, man. It's fucking impossible, you know. Even just, just getting with BTP. No, man. Just getting just even getting onto the train lines was an absolute mission. And then you I get know. on and it's like, you know, you pop the tin off the, the roller paint, you start rolling it, and then you're getting chased like within five minutes. It's like, fuck, I can yeah. see where, why there's just silvers everywhere. trouble, actually. Yeah, 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 it, I know. Yeah, the tracks in London, it's like big, mm. big trouble. It's yeah. Crazy. When you got the third yeah. rail and all that type of stuff to contend with. Yeah. And it's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it was a different and Actually, story. like, I, I mean, if you got, I mean, I know a bunch of people that they, they had trouble with uh, painting trains. Mm-hmm. And they don't even want to get close to the train tracks, uh, because the you know it's the same uh, jurisdiction. Yeah. Like if they, if they get caught like doing you know just a little chrome piece on a shitty you know next to the tracks, it's like it would affect their their the train uh, thing. So yeah, it's really fucked. Yeah, it is. But um, getting back to uh to Spain though, like you um. Like when you got uh, asked to be part of um, the Ultra Boys, was that like a big moment in your um, graffiti for you? Oh yeah, man! It was yeah, it was strange. So the whole story is: in 2007, I organized a festival with my friend Omar, and and I mean, 2007, I was 21. So you know, I was a little kid organizing you know quite a big festival. I mean, it was like a music festival actually pretty big for, for where it was. And, and we invited, and there was also graffiti and we invited some people from France, some people from Belgium, Germany, and we invited Sozy one, which was like, you know, we loved Sozy one, but he was like, so the story with Sozy one, he, he, um, he's the main singer of the Puta Madre, which is a, like the biggest, uh, hip hop band in Belgium. And they used to come to Spain to to perform all the time, and they were really big, you know. So the guy, apart from being a, a big graffiti guy, he was like a famous rapper. So we were like, "Fuck, we love this guy, but he's a big rapper. He would he would never accept to come here." And so we we and we were paying like nothing, you know, like for to come paint. So we invited him, and he accepted. And then when he came, he said, "No, actually, I came to. I wanted to come here because my mom lives." in this very, you know, small town. So that's, and we became super good friends. And, you know, years passed and we started painting together a lot. And that's how we, I met the Ultra Boys and then Dems and I, we became Ultra Boys and then Sawa as well. Uh, so yeah, man, it was like, uh, you know, people that, like big guys, that like he's like 15 years older than me, you know, like so one. So it's like people that we used to admire when we were younger. And then, you know, skit, it was really, it was a big moment for sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. I remember when like you started putting it up. I was like, "Fucking good on you, man!" You know. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, because <laughs> I um, you know, I've, I've always been a really big fan of Dems and um, and also Sawe and and other people in the crew. And then I remember when you had the the show in Barcelona and you all came out. It was like, man, I really want to go painting with you guys. And you know, we nice. got to go out, did a shit piece, but I was like, just happy to get some flicks, you know. <laughs> that was fun. That was great. It was that fun. It was, was fun. Yeah. So, um, like you, you use a lot of like, uh, like fluorescent colors in your piece. Like, how did you get into um, using that color palette? Like, because you know, I've seen you also use a lot of silver and black, but you, 
you 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 are drawn to like really bright vibrant colors like is uh was mm. that uh just natural for you or or was there a reason behind that yeah so i don't know everything's you know it's like it's part of i guess <clears throat> i started like i don't know when you you do enough graffiti i guess you like try to to think about every single aspect like like you study everything you know like you want to like be in every like if i get a piece on that or a tag on that corner it's gonna get seen from there and if you hit this part of the neighborhood whatever so it's the same thing with the colors like i don't know you start studying why what do i do in order to my for my piece to stand out more so i guess you know that's how i was like fuck if i I mean, it's so simple thinking, you know, it's not that I'm a, I'm a genius or anything, but I was like, fuck, if I do like more black and white, like more contrast, pictorically, more contrast and stronger colors, my piece always, you can see my piece better than the other, that the people that paint next to me. So that's something that I started, I started like trying my work to go that direction, try to explore that. And that's actually what I'm doing now with my fine art, you know, it's like, I guess it came from there how you you know how to make it more stronger visually and i don't know it's something i've been exploring for a while now yeah it definitely stands out (laughs) yeah do you um do you have a problem with uh the fluoros fading over time like with if you if your piece lasts a long time especially in the spanish sun yeah i mean yeah there's a lot of pieces out there that now they look very different from when I painted them, but I, I, I kind of like it. I mean, it, they don't look horrible. They look like vintage, you know, kind of like 80s. I love it. I mean, I, I, don't have, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, they go no, from like great. fluorescent to more pastel, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I, for example, uh, that's what I do with my graffiti pieces. I always use fluorescent, but then when I do murals, I always use like, you know, the, the actual, like, you know, non floors and yellow, but the really strong yellow, for example, uh, because I want that look to, to remain, but graffiti, it doesn't matter. You know, I really don't care about graffiti getting buffed. You know, it's like some, it's like life, you know, yeah. I don't care. So Temporary if it changes, album. yeah, I don't care. It's ephemeral. Yeah. I'm happy with that, you know, so. Oh, you've got a couple of pieces here in Melbourne. I'll, uh, I'll claim the spots then. Oh, that's, that's pretty awesome, <laughs> no, man. No, I didn't just, know they were still there. No, no, they're not, not for long. You said it's all right, you know. Yeah. No, no, I'm just <laughs> hey. <joking. laughs> but um, but with with your uh, with your graffiti and also with your art, like it has a very like um, digital look to it. Like, were you were you ever a graphic designer or anything like that? So uh, not I uh, don't have a graphic designer train training, but. Um, I, yeah, I guess I, I've worked as a graphic designer, but always for myself. Like I never worked for a company, and I well, I, well, I studied fine arts. So when I when I was while I was studying, I had a little I don't know if you remember. I had a little company crew thing. It was the DOCS, doing all the crooked shit. Yeah, I uh, that. so that was my, yeah, nice. Yeah. So that was my friend and I, and we're it was like a graffiti crew first, and then we started doing like. Uh, typography-based murals, and that, that was like ten, more than 10 years ago. Um, and then from there, we started doing like typography-based illustration, like graphic design, 
and we I don't know we were working with brands back then so it was like graphic design work but I never worked for a company or anything so but oh, but I don't know I guess I, I learned how to use the programs and I studied a little bit about it about graphic design by myself but I'm not a like trained graphic designer yeah so with with your um like art degree your fine art like is there anything you, like that comes to mind that you learned from that because a lot of the people I speak to they never studied art you know and it's like I'm just curious because mm. I didn't either so I'm like is there anything from your art degree that you you still utilize in your um in your career mm-hmm. these days so what well, I mean I think I wasted my time big time but probably the best part is that I, I got to spend a year in the UK studying as well as an exchange program that was super good uh, but yeah I mean I wasted my time like I am in Spain, it's like a big degree, you know, it's five years, and you get to learn sculpture and painting and all kinds of stuff, but like, and, you know, printing techniques, etc. So, I don't know, I spent like two years doing oil painting, like I can paint your portrait, you know, and that's like, why did I waste my time? Like, I don't really don't want to paint your portrait, you know, like, I'm really not interested, and I can do it. Why? I don't know, it's a waste of time. And so that kind of stuff, yeah. <laughs> I hate it, you know, and, but I don't know why I finished. Like I ended up, you know, I guess my last year was in England. So I said, fuck it. It's a good time, you know, and I finished and I got, I got, I graduated, but anyway, so what I think I learned from there, the only good part probably is that I got to learn a little bit about art history. And that's, that's something that like, I had no idea how, anything about art really you know apart from like i mean like art as in like the institution art you know like all the you know the market or or what's happening you know like i i never went to a museum before you know and thanks to like going to fine art you know degree the this thing uni you know i got to learn what art really was and that's and also to learn art history is really interesting i think I mean, if I knew, I would have totally, uh, every time someone asks me, I always say, you know, get an art history degree. If you want to be an artist, way better. Because, like, you know, if you want to, like, I don't know, if you want to learn how to oil paint, get some lessons, you know. But, you know, the, the fact that they force you for two, three years to, like, learn that shit against your will. You know, for example, in my case, I never gonna need that, you know, and I, I really don't need that. And, you know, I just wasted my time. I, you know, I wish they taught me how to, to use Illustrator, but it didn't, you know. So whatever you need really nowadays, technique-wise, you can easily find online or get some lessons somewhere or ask a friend of you to, like, teach you. But, uh, you know, art history, that's, a, that's really interesting. You get to learn how, you know, what art is and what's, you know, what's this, the path that art, where's art at right now you know what's next what should be next and what gives you a good direction uh, idea of what to explore you know next and i think that was really interesting for me although you know i took just a few lessons <laughs> maybe a whole degree would have been better yeah yeah um i wish i knew more about art history i guess i, I uh, i've tried to teach myself and i've gone to a lot of um galleries which i, I think I've, I've learned a lot but i, I want to i want to know Definitely. more you know yeah but yeah. that's a good way of 
Yeah. I find it funny when people name drop artists and you just don't, you've never heard of them. They'll go, you, you haven't heard of so-and-so? And it's like, well, no, I haven't. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but you, you, you know, you could always uh, name drop artists I'm sure they haven't heard of either. But, um, but when you were looking into art history, is that how you um, came across kinetic art? Yeah, for example, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Um, and um, I don't know. I think it's very interesting to. Well, I mean, I think the art path. The the most interesting thing is that it's like a it's like a whole thing. So, no matter what you're doing, the important thing is to contribute to art history or not. You know, not to like I want to do my. You know, I want to change everything, but. Actually, to know what's been discovered before or what's been done, it's really interesting to see what could be next or what or what's interesting for it to like keep going, you know, to add your little sand uh, grain to for it to keep growing. I think that's very important. So, yeah, like when I, when I came across kinetic art, I was like, fuck, that's really interesting. To me, it makes total sense nowadays. I want to explore that more, you know. So, I don't know. that. That kind of stuff. I think it's interesting to to know what's happened before. Yeah, that's very interesting for sure. Do you want to um, explain to the listeners what kinetic art is? Uh, so I'm, I don't know. By definition, is what any art that has mo- motion in it. So it could be whether if it's virtual motion because of of its optical art, and you know the motion is in your eye, or it could be actual motion of a piece. Um, that's it. Um, so I, I don't think I'm, I'm a kinetic artist by definition. You know, I'm just. I mean, kinetic art was a movement from the sixties. Yeah. And just make use of some elements that those guys invented to like try to, you know, do something else with those things. But I'm, I'm very re- respectful to the movement. You know, that's an old movement. Yeah. But was- some, some of the guys are still alive and working. Yeah, weren't they doing like um, optical illusions using colors? So like your eyes make up colors that aren't there and things like that. Is that is that what they were doing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of uh, optical art. You know, it could be color or shape or I don't know. For me, it just makes sense nowadays. Or in my work, it makes. I mean, I try in my work to like talk about the present. Yeah. So and for me, we're talking before like. Uh, the present times are like really fast, you know, very, very dynamic. Like, you know, you're in Melbourne, I'm here, we're having a conversation. That's, that's, you know, that's something. And that's something that really interests me. And I think, uh, you know, all these elements that they, they were working with in the 60s, with the, all the optical art movement and the kinetic art movement, uh, I think it makes total sense nowadays, you know, like to, I mean, it makes sense for me to express what I want to express about the present times. So that's why, you know, I always go back there and try to to get something from them and try to apply it onto my work. Yeah. Because um, doing, doing my research on you today, like um, Carlos Cruz Diaz, like uh, popped up a lot. So mm-hmm. was, he, was he like the, yeah. um, like the, the king of kinetic or? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that guy is one of the top three maybe uh artists from from back then so basically i mean the mostly the kinetic art movement uh most of the artists actually started in south america like venezuela argentina mostly and then they moved to paris uh in the 50s 60s 
Mm, um, also, uh, Vasarely, Hungarian, and then he moved to Paris as well, and then everything originated there. Uh, but yeah, Carlos Cruz Diaz is like one of the main figures, and I had the, I was lucky enough to to meet him and a couple of years ago. He invited me and a couple more friends to to Panama where his studio is, and we did a little residency at his studio, and we worked you know alongside with him, and it was amazing. It was the best experience ever. Yeah, yeah. He has the best studio. It's fucking amazing, seriously. And I don't know, and the guy, how, how lucid he is, he's 93 right now. He was like, just asking me, what the fuck is the graffiti thing? You know, what are you guys doing? Like, so, and what is that street art? You guys are all connected and doing things. What is, that feels like me and my friends in Paris back then, you know, like really, really nice guy. Super good. Yeah. Cause he did stuff on the streets as well, didn't he? Like mm. Connecticut on the streets in like the sixties and stuff. A lot. Like yeah. 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 A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually, yeah, yeah. He did a lot of public art. He's he's always been really into it. Like he always, like he 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 thinks that, you know, art should be in the streets, for mm. sure. I mean, he does a lot of museum stuff, but he's done a lot of public projects. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I was looking. I was uh, watching a video on him today, and it's like really cool to see that he's um, lived long enough to see the computers come in, and um, they can you know, utilize them for his art. But also mm-hmm. like like just looking at him and like he's ninety three years old and he was still like real with it and real aware and um also had a lot of life about him and I think it's because he's still so excited about his art and he's in the studio every day creating and you know Definitely. I just I, I, he's still using his brain. He hasn't like just sat back and gone, oh, I'm old. I'm not gonna do anything. Definitely. I'm gonna watch T V, you know, he's like he's still doing it. Yeah, yeah, he's super alive. I mean the guy he's a He's really good at illustrator. I mean, you see him working, and he's as fast as me, you know? He's like, bah, 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 bah. And, and the guy, I mean, he learned illustrator 15 years ago when he was almost 80, mm. you know? But that was 15 years ago. So the guy is really fast, you know, and really good at it. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can be old, but if you're still hungry and your life's still interesting, like, like say, for example, we were there at his studio, and he was like, so tell me about the graffiti thing. What is that? You know, like he is like, he's meeting new people all the time, you know, and that makes, keeps you alive, you know? Like I remember I were there and then next day, the official photographer of the Queen of England came, went there to take pictures of him, you know? It's like every day is like a new, a new gig, you know? And every day is like something new happening. These graffiti guys, this, you know, I don't know, always fun people come in and the guy is like really alive and, creative so it's awesome killing it yeah i'm a firm believer that if you um keep your body healthy and and you keep your mind active you know when you're old you're gonna be fine yeah 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 Yeah, it's really really good to see very inspiring yeah so i was um uh watching that um video that selena miles made of you today yeah and it's really it's really cool i haven't watched it for ages i remember when it first came out and um yeah it's like (laughs) Like, did you help her with that? Because it's just it just goes through so many facts of of your life like really quickly, and it's, yeah, I was um, I really liked it because I, you know, I've seen a lot of Selena's work leading up to that, and it was a lot of um, you know, really graffiti based stuff. But this was just like fact after fact, but really um, yeah, yeah. Quirk, done in a real quirky way, with good narration and everything. Yeah. 
it's really awesome. Uh, yeah, we had this idea, and then we, I mean, she wrote the script, but um, like I knew what I wanted to say to you know what to what to tell and what to hide, <laughs> and and we kind of like you know help her write some stuff, but she. Yeah, she put everything together. She did a great, great job. It's really good. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, man. <laughs> so Although you, it's the kind of thing that you give so many facts that it gets outdated real quick, too. Like, you know, it kind of needs, like, a new version. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you should really add uh, part one. <laughs> yeah. So you've, um, you've chosen not to show your face, like, with your art and all that, even though, the, you know, you're doing so much fine art these days. Like um, yeah. way more than graffiti nowadays. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. But I really, I really like the way you've gone about hiding it in like videos and photos. Like you always um, like, like, choose a different creative way to to cover your face. Do you do you enjoy that part? Like of uh, going, oh, let's do this and. Like, mm, yeah, I, I don't really think about it too much, but I guess when photographers come, you know, they're always like really disappointed, like. Man, you need. We need something, you know. You're like, okay, what do I have around here? You, know? <laughs> you come up with something. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just try to keep it that way. Hopefully, I mean, I think it's. I think it's so much better. Like, it's just not really not important, you know. My my face, like, I mean, look at it. You know, it's like <laughs> seriously. It's like, who who cares about it? You know. Like, I think it's better to to look at. Like, I haven't chosen this thing. You know, like. You know, whether my all my all the visual work that I make every day, that I choose every single aspect of it, you know. So I think that, you know, those images that I make every day, they say way more about my about me than my face that I didn't have the chance to choose, you know. So that, you know, just show my work, you know, it's way better. Yeah. And if it's like um you know, it's if there's not a face attached to the artwork as well, it's sort of like you just you just focused on the artwork and it takes away the human element. And as soon as you put a face to it, it's like, oh, that's what that guy looks like. And then you sort of mm-hmm. imagine that person painting that artwork after that. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, seriously, I just hate when, when you Google some artists, there's a lot of artists out there that you Google their name and, um, and you really want to see their work and you have to type whoever and then work you know because otherwise it's just their faces because they're really pretty and it's like bro like i really don't care about how you look you know yeah. i want to see what you created which is why i'm googling you because you know yeah. so i guess yeah. i mean i don't know it's like like to, hopefully it stays like this for for a bit longer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're a handsome bloke man you better watch out you know you're gonna get um you're gonna have your face all over the place if you start <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but with I was uh, I was looking at that Polaroid commercial you did and that was really cool oh, yeah. how they covered your face in that like how it had like the like I don't know I'm really dr- happy dr- how moving up sorry okay yeah I'm really happy how that came out it's like uh, you know how I always try to be very picky with the commercial work that I do you know so you know obviously I need to do those things to to you know to keep paying bills and stuff but you always don't want to like relate yourself with the wrong brands and always like get to do certain, you know, certain amount of these things per year. You don't want to like, and then this one, I'm very happy. Like I could do more of this, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it was a good thing to do. Yeah. How'd that all come about? Because it's, it was quite um apt for you, I think, like knowing you, because 
I know when last time I saw you, you had some real funky glasses on and all that type of stuff. And oh, really? you know, yeah. and I guess like being in Spain, you need sunglasses a lot as well. And <laughs> you know, like like um, did they did they approach you and like fly you to America to yeah. do the ad and all that type of stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how how it went. Just, but um, just an email appeared in the inbox one day, and that was it. That was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm luckily lately I'm getting a lot of commercial opportunities mm-hmm. uh, but as I told you I try you know I, you know I really try to be selective like I don't wanna I mean I wanna I wanna be an artist you know like I, I wanna focus on doing art really more, more than commercial shit but at the end of the day you need those things to survive too so you know but the, you know if they're like this they give me a lot of creative freedoms and you know and actually say about the, what kind of video I wanted to make. And then the, the guys, that, actually that guy, my, uh, Michael Belcher, he's the, the director and he's amazing. You know, he's done work for like, I don't know, like Bob Dylan, you know, and like he's a really, really big uh, director of photography. Um, they killed it. So I'm really happy to, to do this kind of work for sure. If it's like, if it's gonna look this good. Yeah. yeah. But you never, I mean, usually you're not that lucky. (laughs) Hey there, artists. It's Claire here from the Art Career Academy, popping by to let you know that the doors will soon be closing for the next live round of Going Pro, our exclusive six-week online signature course tailored for early and emerging artists eager to fast-track their careers to new heights. We're bringing together such a great group of committed, talented, and proactive artists in this next live round of our program. If you've been grappling with frustration, feeling lost in the maze of building your art career, we have the proven roadmap to guide you. Say goodbye to uncertainty and hello to a crystal clear pathway forwards. If this sounds like you, then jump in soon as this opportunity is only available for a limited time and doors close on Monday the 26th of February. Let's bring your artistic dreams into reality this year. Tom and I are absolutely buzzing with excitement to embark on this transformative journey by your side. Our last round was absolutely epic and we cannot wait to do it again. All right, let's dive back into today's episode. Like, Do you, do you feel that there was like one art project or painting or something that really like boosted your career? Like and got you more into the commercial space? Um... Mm. So I did this uh, this collaboration with uh, Ken Block for for his car. He's a uh, like the, he's the American rally driver, and so I designed his car in back in 2015, and all the library for for his thing. And I don't know that wasn't the the I mean it was a good gig, and I I think what after that like brands started offering me like shitty things, you know, that's what I think after that brands maybe looked at me differently. That's what I think, you know, like it's not that it pushed my career or anything, but I think I started getting like, I started not getting the shitty, the shitty offers anymore. And that's, that was pretty cool. Everything got more serious maybe or something like that. (laughs) I don't know. Because that, that, that would have, I remember when that happened, I was looking at it online just going, man, you hit the jackpot on that one, you know. So, yeah, no, it's not that I hit the jackpot, but uh, yeah, like, I guess everything started being more serious after that, more professional, maybe, yeah. And how did that come about? 
So that was, uh, that was, I mean, like all of them, you know, this just a random email. And actually it was like really fast how it happened. I was in, at the time in, in Brussels. I don't know what I was doing. I was doing a job or, or I don't know, I had the show with the Ultra Boys actually. And so I was there in, in Belgium and I received that email uh, from Ken Block and they were like, yo, I will love your work. Should we collaborate? We want you to design your my, my car. And I was like, that was the, his manager. And I said, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't even know who you are. Like, I don't really don't know anything about cars. Now I know a little bit. Like that back then, I had no idea. He was like, uh, you know, my car, blah, blah, blah. And I had to Google him. And then he said, where are you? And I said, I'm in Brussels. Can you come to London tomorrow for a quick meeting? And I said, well, actually, I don't have anything to do tomorrow. So they got my ticket and I went there and I met, I had a meeting with Ken Block, which eventually I realized that he was, you know, pretty much a celebrity in the US and everywhere actually. And I was like on the train, on my way to London, Googling his face, like, who's this guy, you know, reading his Wikipedia page. And that's it. And he, you know, we had this meeting, we hit it off and, you know, it was easy. Yeah. And I went to LA and did all the work. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so you just painted make a painting and then they used like they broke that up to make the wrap for the car or did you have to design the wrap for the car as well so i first started the process was uh basically they give me all the uh templates for the car and i started designing on that to what was the best for me you know how to place elements in order to you know to convey what i wanted and then we they also gave me like you know they they told me where the all the stickers are gonna be because it's crazy i mean they're you know monster and ford and i don't know who the fuck is there but it's insane like the amount of and they actually they buy all these brands they buy the space so it's like you know this biggest monster and it goes right here so you have to work around it and um and then we decided all the elements that we wanted to include, and I, I designed some some logos as well for like they have some phrases like "kill all tires" and like "ain't care" and stuff like that. So I designed all those logos, and then I made the paintings with the logos and the, the elements that I was gonna put on the car. And then, but they, actually, the final the final touches they did as well because they had to. I mean, they, they kept including brands, and they had to play around that. But it was like a, like a combination, you know, of their designers and my, and my, and my work. It was, it was easy though. It yeah. was good. I was looking at photos of it today. It was a real shame. It had like the big monster energy drink, like logos all over it and that. It's like, oh, it's crazy. You know. <laughs> yeah. But hey, that's, that's when you get a gig like that, you know, who cares? I know. Millions of people yeah. still see it, you know. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, but I'm happy that how it looks is, you know, I mean, the logos is what it is, but, uh, you know, it looks like a, like a real race car. Although, otherwise, like I had some tests without the, the logos and stuff and it doesn't look like a race car, you know? Yeah. So it kinda, it's kind of cool too. Yeah. It looks like an art car instead or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So didn't you, um, also do a speedboat for him or something like that? Hey, what's her? Do you do a boat as well? A boat. So yeah. I did a, a canal boat in London, but that was a, like a, just for this guy that owned this canal boat. boat. Um, oh, you're talking about for for Ken Block? For Ken Block. I thought I, thought I saw oh, a speedboat okay. as well, like cruising Yeah, around. yeah, sorry. sorry. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, that was the same library that I designed for the car. Yeah. And we applied it onto the boat too. Yeah, yeah. And on, onto a bike and onto what else? I don't even remember. Yeah. I mean, he has a lot of things with wheels. Yeah. And so without wheels on the water. A lot so. of things with motors. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, um, did you charge them extra per, per vehicle? Yeah, yeah. That's mm. good. Good business. Plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, some people just sell the sell the design and that's it. It's gone, and then you see it everywhere, and it's like, you know, you shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> but um, but anyway, you um, like, you spend a lot of time in like a digital landscape, like like with you with you immersed in your artwork, but also like on the computer and and things like that. But you're you're also painting a lot outside. Like, do you do you prefer painting like indoors or being in the studio? Oh, sorry, outdoors or being yeah. in the studio? You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I love both things like equally, really. Like um, I don't know, man. As you know, the working on the streets is so is I mean I think it's super cool. Like so in the studio you have total control. Like you can decide how big is your canvas. You know if it's a computer work, every you can decide everything whether the street. It's more like designing a car around stickers, you know, yeah. like, you know, maybe your lift doesn't reach the left part of the wall or you don't have the right red or the cops are chasing you or, you know, or your ladder can go over the fence of the BT, British transport police fence. So I don't know. It's like all these circumstances uh, uh, shape your work. And that's super interesting. Like. You know, sometimes I get I have to paint a mural, and you know I get there, and what I said, like the leaf doesn't reach a certain part, so you have to work around it and make it, you know, come up with it, with a design that you have never done in the studio if you had freedom, you know, all the elements that you need. So that's super cool, man. That's actually I came up with the best ideas thanks to working on the street. And on the other hand, I love to work on the, in the studio or for a gallery because I can do whatever the fuck I want. So I love, I think they complement each other beautifully, you know? Yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Mm. So um, do you spend a lot of time in, the, on, in front of the computer when you're um, designing your work? Um, yeah, but not so much. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty fast designing. I mostly have ideas and I think about them all day. And then, like, say, for example, if it's for a mural, I, I I need the pictures, or usually if, if depending on the project, sometimes they you know they they require a a design prior, but so that kind of sucks. But I get you know I need the pictures, but otherwise I go to the place, feel the space, you know like the you know make sure about the lift, about the paint, everything, and then with that I work really quickly. I go back to the computer or I just improvise. Or, but if it's in the studio, like usually I have ideas that also, a lot of my ideas come from my walls. So that's why I think I would never stop working outside because, you know, and then so from something I've made on a wall, then I come back to the studio and I design. But I, I don't spend a lot of time in the, on the computer, really. I mean, I do, but it's not crazy, you know. Yeah. There was, there was oh. one, one piece of yours. Sorry, this just popped into my head while you're talking. There was one piece of yours that I think it was in a show in Tokyo and it was like mm-hmm. um, a net and you know how you held it up in different areas and yeah. it looked like um, 
I don't know, like computer waves or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, uh-huh. man. That was fucking fresh. I just, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I just, I, I, I just remember that. And it's like I haven't seen – and that was like years ago and I haven't seen you do anything like that since. Yeah, just, true. I don't know. Yeah, I actually – I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, for some reason, I, I've been thinking about that installation recently. And I was like, maybe I should do something more with that. But I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. When I did that, I never saw anything like that. But now I feel like, I don't know. I've seen something similar. I, I, well, honestly, I don't remember. But I don't know. Like, I feel it's, it's done already, you know? Like, yeah. No. I don't know. Maybe no. maybe I should explore it a bit more. Yeah. But no, I don't know. No point repeating with, yourself. Yeah, I don't know, with installations, I, I don't know, for me it's like a, like a trial and error thing or more like a fun thing to try something dumb and try something else. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I really, um, really love that music video you did for DJ Soak. Oh, like, thanks, man. Yeah, like I've, I've, I've watched it like a few times now and I watched it again today and it was like every single like scene of that video clip was like one of your paintings but then animated and it was like Thanks, man. so much Share work it. must have gone into that even just the thought process just the yeah, coming yeah, up yeah. with the concepts for each frame you know is crazy like did that take you a long time to put all that together oh so we actually did it in like about something like 10 days wow. but like with a lot of red bull and like like 12 hours a day non-stop so I did it with Nache Sanchez. He's a <clears throat> like a motion designer, and it was like I don't know. I was just running around the studio like fuck, and now this turns into that, and blah blah blah. And I kept sending him like uh, I was designing an illustrator next to him. He would just animate everything. He's amazing. And yeah, man. I mean, I'm really really happy with that one. And thanks for pointing it out. But it was like an epic failure. Like. Really? I don't know. The music video it didn't work at all. I, I don't know. I think let me check. Let me let me take a look at it. But what do you think, mean it didn't work? Uh, like I didn't get many views or? Yeah, I think nowadays it has like like ten thousand views or something. It's like ridiculous. And it's actually, you know what? You know what's the? <laughs> so this is the funniest thing. Like we um we hired this guy uh, Anderson Pack. Yeah. That back then no one knew like he was like nobody do, do you know this guy nowadays yeah, yeah, I know. Anderson Pack. LA. yeah yeah he's like so big nowadays yeah. so it was it was crazy we we hired him he charged us two thousand dollars for the voice because the thing is that I had a I had a part in the in the in the music label I mean the, yeah in the record label so we hired this guy we paid him two thousand dollars to do the the voice and then when we were about to release the music video, he wasn't that uh, Dr. Dre album or like eight tracks, you know, featuring Eminem and Ice Cube. And he got super famous after that. And we were like, holy shit, we hit the jackpot. You know, this is going to be amazing. This guy is so famous now. So we released that video and no one cared about it. And it was like, fuck, you know, epic fail, but it's all right. <laughs> but it was, yeah, really crazy. Yeah. Re-release it now. See if you can um, revamp it. You know. <laughs> right. Like, again, Anderson Park, everyone. No one, no one gave a shit about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so another thing that really surprised me doing like my research on you is like in 2012, you, you worked as scenes assistant. But how, yeah. how did that come about? 
And that would have been fucking awesome. Like, were you wrapped when, oh, was, when you got asked to do that? Yeah, that, that, that was... So, um, the thing is, Sin's story is that he... I don't know when, when this was, maybe 2010 or something. He had a show in Paris, and then he stayed there. Like, he had a good time. He sold, he sold out the show, and he moved to Paris. Like, went back to America. A couple of months later, he goes back to Paris. So, he starts his studio in Paris. And he, um, I remember the studio was tiny. It was like, I don't know, like 50 square, 70 square meters, maybe, studio. And then, so he, like, I received an email someday from Sin saying, like, hey, bro, like, I really like your work. And I would like you to come to my opening in Paris next month. Um, I'll get you a ticket. And I was like, what? Sin? What the fuck? Like, you know. It's like if you like uh, rock and roll and Elvis Presley himself, Tom Scotty, you know, like, come to my show. And I was like, what? Uh, definitely. So I went to Paris. I met with him. And I was like, you know, you know, Lord, uh, praise the king, you know, like, what the fuck? And then he told me, no, actually, I wanted to meet you because I wanted to move to Valencia because I'm paying a lot of money for this shitty studio in Paris. And I want to move somewhere cheaper, uh, sunnier and, you know. Um, more relaxed so and I know you're the man in Valencia so you know I wanted to meet you and so hopefully you can help me and be my assistant and everything I was like well absolutely I just finished university actually so it was it was very I mean I was about to like try to start like a graphic design company or something you know I finished university I was like fuck should I go back to England should I stay in Spain and then this happened so it was pretty awesome we got a 2,000 square meter studio like a factory you know and two of my friends started uh, as assistants as well for him. So it was super cool. And so I worked for him for a year, I think. And then he said, we I'm going back to America. So that's it. And that's how, that's all. <laughs> but it was, it was a fun story, man. And I learned, I learned a lot of things. Like, especially, you know how seeing in the, in the 80s, he used to be a, uh, he used to do a lot of airbrush stuff yeah or motorcycles and stuff like this so he really knows you know all the masking tape techniques actually his big paintings the ones like the superheroes and all that all the all the the outlines they're all masking masking tape and spray paint so that's actually how i started doing all my my canvases and stuff you know i use a lot of masking tape as well so that was something i learned from him and it was really good it's (laughs) crazy to think that um your paintings that everyone knows today is like inspired by scene scenes paintings and they look nothing alike but it's just um learning, i mean to me technique, not style you know it's um oh, yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no that's crazy mm-hmm. um yeah man so like do you have any uh like future plans and projects on the go like we've spoken about a lot of stuff that you're doing but do you have like um stuff that's uh on the horizon at the moment yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I um well, I have a bunch of I'm always busy doing like murals here and there. Um now I'm having a little break, but I'm going to be back at it like in I don't know, in 2 weeks maybe, going back to America again. And and I'm also planning a couple shows for for next year and but yeah, especially I'm planning a this is, I can't really, it's really, I hate, you know, this it was a secret project, but it's actually 
I shouldn't talk about it. It's something I'm gonna release on my own website. Um, so that's something that's that's getting me really busy right now. Yeah, it's very exciting for me this project. I'll tell you about it as soon as we hang. Yeah, yeah. no worries. <laughs> and uh, but but then also I'm 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 gonna do my first solo show in New York. Uh, I think that's gonna be in October, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. But that, that's that's very exciting too. Yeah. So yeah, man, a bunch of projects here and there. Cool. And no plans for Australia though. I'd love to go there. Ah, so. I'll have to come see you. But um, <laughs> and and you're about to release a new video with um DJ Soak and Anderson Park. That's right. That's right. It's coming <laughs> out next. Uh, yeah, this, if you don't know who Anderson Park is, he's killing it right now. You should check it. Take a look. Yeah. So um, so if people want to see uh your art online, like where's the best place for them to check it out? Oh, probably easiest is my Instagram, Felipe Pantone, uh, or my website, FelipePantone.com. Yep. All right. <laughs> well, um, you know, thanks for taking the time to have a chat. I won't, uh, it's been a pleasure, bro. Longer. Good to see you. Yeah, man. It's been good. It's been a long, long time. Yeah, man. Come to Spain. Will do. You don't have to twist my arm at the moment. It's bloody freezing here. <laughs> <laughs>